with the negative Nancy's. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancy's. My name is Roy Walker, and I'm joined at the adult table today with my fellow Nancy's, Primo Thomas, Matt DeVita, and guest Nancy, Elizabeth Koshwa. With us, as always, is Junior Nancy and our ginger goblin, Tyler Cleary. Today, we will be discussing <laughs> touring life with Cirque du Soleil, as we record from five separate locations with fine adult beverages. With that, let's bitch and 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 bitch. Roy, I just want to lead off and say, you pronounced her last name like perfectly i'm so I'm like super proud yeah i know so proud of myself i've got like runners high right now <laughs> <laughs> today we are joined with a great friend and professional circus performer liz koshwa but before we get into that let's examine our drinks leading off with our guest liz what are you drinking oh my god this is so depressing it's only because i have to film a fitness video after this but i have <laughs> coffee and water but if i was gonna like get into this it would be whiskey Mm. Oh, wonderful. Also, way more active than any of us would ever hope to be. <laughs> I haven't worked out in three months. I went up the stairs like twice today. Um, <laughs> not trying to brag. I did a lot of gardening, <laughs> so I felt like I did a lot. Probably yeah, not, I stood though. up once. <laughs> anyway, uh, Primo, what are you drinking? Um, I am drinking a mango tangerine sour from Collective Arts provided by the fine folks at Matinee Bar in Buffalo, to Order their beers, y'all. Mm. Uh, Matthew, I am drinking a good old uh, whiskey sour. Why does it look oh. blue? But that's the bottom of the glass. Oh, I was I Tyler. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Powerade because I'm dehydrated as fuck. <laughs> Drink is fucking Powerade, never clear. Yeah, the the ideal thing for hydration Riot would be juice. just drink water, man. But okay, yeah. Well, I have to do the show, and I don't have time to go get a cup of water, so I'd power it right here. So that that'll uh, do. Electrolytes, bro. I guess. Yeah, it's got what it's got. What Tyler craves. Um, Roy, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Kentucky Mule, which is like a Moscow Mule, but with uh, Kentucky bourbon. Oh, word! Mm, yeah. Delicious. It's very intolerant. It makes me want to bet on horses. <laughs> so <laughs> so right. today, today's episode is is less of a bitch fest and more of a. Um, we're here to just to learn a little bit about what tour life is like and what it's like working as a um, circus performer. And then we can circle back to, as we're all working in the performance theatrical industry, what it's like, you know, the ominous future, what it's going to be like moving forward. But um, so Liz, can you tell us who you are, what you do, um, where you've been and what you like to do? Where have you been? Where have you been the last 12 years? Oh, God. Well, yeah, I graduated Seton Catholic Central High School with Primo 12 years ago. God, old. <laughs> um, but since then, I started with a resident show in Singapore. And when I got the contract, I literally had to Google where that was, which was depressing. <laughs> but on my little globe in my living room, I was like, okay, I'm mom, I'm moving to the other side of the world, literally. They didn't teach you that in Catholic school? No, no. I missed that one. No, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Other people don't exist. Right. Anyway. anyway. Oh, yeah, no, I got a story for you. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so I started in a land far, far away. And then I just kind of stayed over there. So the next contract picked up, um, and that brought me to South America. So I toured Brazil for a year, all different cities there. 
uh, jumped to another show, and that brought me to Australia. So I did all of Australia tour, um, some other bits of Asia, so Taipei, Hong Kong, uh, mm. Seoul, South Korea. Um, then I went to Japan for two and a half years. I toured Japan with another show, jumped ship again, <laughs> um, back to South America and finished South American tour. So after Brazil, it's um, uh, Ecuador and Chile and Argentina. Mm. And then I went back to an old ship which I thought I would never do. I repeated a contract. You quit that ship. <laughs> and that brought me, where was I just? In Europe. I was just in Europe until COVID came and I had to go flying home. And where are you now? I am in... Harvey Weinstein. Oh. Word. We can cut that if you don't want that to be... Yeah. <laughs> you don't okay. want anyone to know where you live. Sure, we'll cut that. We'll that. I was just honestly curious. She's high profile, man. We don't want... Yeah, I want people to know that. So, did you get this contract right out of college then? Or was that right out of high school? Right out of high school. I did Dang. one year in New York City. Um, and I studied dance at Elvin Ailey American Dance School. And I auditioned while I was in school. And I moved to Singapore at... The tail end of 18. Dang, that's awesome. And, Damn. and you grew up doing dance and mostly gymnastics, though, right? Yeah. Like I started gymnastics yeah. when I was four. I did competitive gymnastics for 10 years. Hopped into dance when my body was like, this is really painful. Um, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Fell in love that's with circus awesome. arts. My mom freaked out when I moved like two hours away when I was 18. Like, yeah. <laughs> I moved to Buffalo after co like for college, and my mother had a crisis about it. Um, yeah. So you've been touring for the better part of over a decade now. Yep. So that's 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 crazy, man. It's 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 got to be. Was it was it kind of like a shock after like when COVID hit and you had to, you came home? Was it kind of just like what the like what the fuck? <laughs> well, <laughs> the format of tour is uh, in a big top. So it's basically a massive circus tent. We travel with 150 permanent uh, staff. And yeah, the format is we set up in a city and we're there for two to two and a half months. And then we pack up, we move the tent. During that moment, the artists have off. So I have seven to 10 days off to kind of refuel my body while the tour is setting up in the next city. And we get back into it um but for now it's been about two and a half months that i've been home and it feels like it's time to pack my suitcase and start the next city and right. more and more this goes on and we're reading about covid it's seeming like performing arts will be the last to open so yeah face yeah. Th voice four is that it face, face four, four yeah face oh. four yeah, yeah. And that's you know it could be even longer too because like the chance well specifically in new york state because everybody here's an, ass an asshole and an idiot yeah. I tried to combine both of those mm. words at once, but I couldn't. But like, it's just like we we will work backwards. Like, it's gonna be like phase one. We'll get to phase two, and then I'll just be like, "Oh, you stupid back to phase idiots! One. Back to phase one. Get go to your room." I'm still trying get to wrap my, my head. <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that like, I don't know how I would be able to adjust after traveling around the world for twelve years and then being told like, "Nope, stop. You just got to go back to the states now." And like being like, "I haven't been there." For a long, like, I mean, did you ever like? Were you, 
did you ever get breaks to go home and visit? Yeah, I would come home, I would say on average once a year because okay. the tours that I was in was, was quite far. Um, but at a certain point I was just craving, I was craving to be here so much. And I, after buying my home and touring and thinking about my home, I just wanted to get my hands on things. I wanted to be here. So I guess I got what I but it still feels like a phase. Like I just feel like it's going to start back up any second because this is the right. normal timeline of how things run. Well, right. You know, here, here in Buffalo, we're every theater usually at this point will start revealing their season coming up. And yeah. a lot of like, I don't think, I think what maybe two places have really publicly announced. No one's really taken the plunge because I don't think anybody wants to, to, you know, get their hopes up and then have it dragged back down. Come, yeah. A lot of the shows, though, that have been announced that are coming back have been primarily remounts of shows that were Closed. cut short because of COVID. Yeah. Um, right. Like, I, I have but three remounts out of five so far. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, crazy. <laughs> so, how many countries have you... I mean, not not, not to say... Um, that That's too complicated of a question. How many, have you have you hit how many continents have you hit? I would I guess have to say most of them, right? All twelve. Uh, I would say I'm missing Africa, Antarctica. Okay. Did you do you see so did Australia? I did Australia. Uh, yeah. Have you ever done Honduras? Probably not. There's no. No. Yeah. Nothing there. Big gold is- pit. Of a country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only ask that because my mother is from, from that, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just to clarify, <laughs> that's the, for the one listeners. I'm from. I'm not from there. I'm from California, but sure. <laughs> Wait, you're from California? <laughs> we go over this like every fourth episode, Matt. It's all the Xanax. I'm sorry. I've never heard this in my entire life. Uh, I was born in Pasadena. Well, shit. Cool. That's why I'm cooler than you, Tyler. That is exactly why you're cooler than me. <laughs> That's why he yeah. wears his hair like that. So, Liz, for for uh, for those our friend our listeners who don't know, um, you said you're a circus performer. But what um, what acts do you do in the show? I mm. am an aerialist, so I fly over the audience about twenty or thirty feet. I've changed discipline a few times, but my latest and greatest is it's called straps. And it literally looks like a seatbelt. It's like a seatbelt and it has a loop at the end. And I attach myself to the loop and hold on. And an automat- automated winch picks me up and I fly. Dang. No. <laughs> no. We already had a phobia episode. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just can't do it. Tyler, search that. Is there a phobia for being attached to a strap that like yanks you into the air? Because I probably have it. I think yep. that's just being called rational. <laughs> <laughs> And I've seen some of the work Liz has done, and it's stuff that, like, if I was in the audience, I would probably pass out watching because it's just next How do level. you not pass out doing it? Yeah. <laughs> That's, I guess, my big question. I love it. I love to do it. I miss it. It's like now I'm grounded, and my whole life yeah. I've been up in the air, upside down. So this is, like, also <laughs> kind of a shock. <laughs> right, right. Did you always pick the top bunk if that was the option? good question yeah probably yeah 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 i mean why not right right so now so what are you filling your time with now so uh circus it's like not forever some 
I'm pushing 30. Actually, in a That's couple right, weeks, I'll be 30. Um, but Welcome to the club. I know, God. But after a while, your body hurts, and it's not fun, and you're, yeah, everything that you thought you could do, you can't. And I don't want to get to that point and not have anything. So mm -hmm. while I've been mm -hmm. touring, uh, my husband and I have been developing a fitness business called Hell Cut yeah. to the Core. And Hell so yeah. far... It has merged together, and it's been picking up slowly, but I actually have time to work on it. So we're developing programs. We just gave out free uh, programs, so links to our Instagram accounts. You can send us uh, an email, and we give out free programs that you can do at your home. Oh, that's awesome. At the end of the episode, we'll, we'll take all that down, and we'll, we'll make sure we plug all that. Plug. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely. I found some phobias for you guys. Oh God! So okay. <laughs> That's why we hired you for back on this kick. There's a phobia of seatbelts, just simply called seatbelt phobia. However, there's zonophobia, which is just the fear of belts in general. <laughs> but there's no phobia of being attached to one and being, being yanked into the air. No, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Do better. Unfortunately, a little too, too specific. <laughs> Both uh, the fact that one you, is the fact that the sphere of seatbelts is called seatbelt phobia is just like who got lazy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. What do you do if a cop pulls you over? What do you say? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm scared of seatbelts. Well, that's probably why. Here's my paperwork. If I was a cop and someone said they had seatbelt phobia, I'd be like you just made that up. It's yeah, not right, right. that's not professional. It's not real. It's it's a weird time. We've all kind of had to f find other shit to do which is hence why we started a podcast the three the four of us because we're like what else are we gonna do right what now else are gonna do? this you is know? the only semblance of schedule i have at the moment right, right. well i mean like for the record we yeah. did plan on doing this for like quite a while but now like we we're like we got all the time in the world just to be <laughs> fair like coincidentally it's like literally right but i think that was the last day i actually worked at end trip before all this happened i mentioned this right and then the fucking covid moved in and then we're like well okay no yeah this it. like was discussed like a week before this all happened right. <laughs> the circumstances like everything just it was clandestine yes it's just like right now i am like the world's my wife is eating like a goddamn queen like i just cook like like master chef cooking every night mm. and gardened for four hours today <laughs> trying to find stuff to do to occupy my time you know wow someone's a dad <laughs> yeah sure we do need to take a quick break but we will be right back hey there friends in lieu of paid sponsorships roy matt and i have decided to dedicate our message breaks to important companies and causes in the western new york area Today, I am dedicating this message break to the Irish Classical Theatre Company of Buffalo, New York. Like all the theatre companies in Buffalo, Irish Classical has had to sadly cancel the remainder of their 2019-2020 season. I have had the honor of working with Irish Classical in the past, and I am very excited to be collaborating with this pillar of the Buffalo theatre community again this upcoming season. The Irish Classical Theatre Company was founded in 1990 by Dublin-born brothers Vincent and Chris O'Neill. Since its inception, the Irish Classical Theatre Company has been a pioneer in the area of culture and educational outreach to enrich the community it serves. ICTC is a proud member of the Theatre Alliance of Buffalo, representing Buffalo's 19 professional theatres. Now entering its 26th anniversary season, ICTC continues to celebrate its strong Irish roots through its choice of repertoire and by bringing special guest directors, playwrights and actors to the Niagara frontier to work and to be honored. 
If you would like to donate to the Irish Classical Theater, head to their website, www.irishclassical.com donate. To keep up with online programming and announcements, please follow ICTC at www.facebook.com slash irishclassicaltheater and on Instagram at, at irishclassical. If you choose to donate, please know it means the world to not only us here at the Negative Nancys, but it means far more to the wonderful team at the Irish Classical Theater. And now, back to the pod, Slancha. And we're back. All right. So I guess like I'm the one thing I am curious about, because Cirque du Soleil has been around for like so long, at least in my memory, and like they've done so many different shows. Do you know like how it evolved so much? How you guys like develop new acts? And is it just like a collaborative environment or does it like is it inspired from something that like is in like circuses past or something? Like I've always been curious about like how that happens. Yeah. So it started from one the founder, Guy La Liberté. He's Canadian. He was a street performer. And it was really like this, the, the best story, like starting from zero, like sleeping on a park bench because he spent his last dollar bill on something for his street show. And he had this vision. And it, I mean, it's one of the, the best entertainment companies in the entire world. So mm-hmm. it's one of those like crazy dream stories. Um, cool. But he started with one show and he, he made a team. So I think what made it very successful was that he didn't try to manhandle every department. He really got the best of the best in every, the best technical director, the best uh, conceptor, the best acrobatic casting, all the best that he could find. And that's what made it its success. Like people can see that. It was like the perfect marriage of music composition and uh, talented artists and lighting. I mean, we... Mm-hmm. We are put on stage in the very, very best of conditions. I could do the same acts that I'm doing now um, in an outdoor theater or somewhere else, and it wouldn't have the same impact because it's just supported with the best of the best. And so I think the success was rapid. I mean, once you had one successful show, you had the budget to make another, and it just went like wildfire. Like a virus. Well, you could tell it's a company that cares, obviously a company that cares about the product they're putting out because they keep... You know, like our buddy Nate has worked on numerous Cirque shows now, and he they keep pulling him on to other shows because they like working with the people they like to work with because they know that, so like you yourself have worked on numerous shows. So it's like they 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 trust the people they work with, and you know they take. I, I used to love Nate would take um, time lapse photos of their setup and breakdown. Mm. The last one I saw was when they were at Royal Albert Hall for like two months, and he sent the the. Like just the, from the technical aspect, how much goes into those shows is astounding. I can't imagine the safety precaution they must take with rigging um, oh my and God. stuff for your acts <laughs> and um, all the, the acts that fly. Um, oh, man. Ridiculous amounts of rigging in that show. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, that's right. I mean, because the only thing <clears throat> that you're that's holding on to you is the strap that you're holding, that you're attached to. <laughs> so it's the seatbelt right. you're afraid of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I think the first Cirque show I saw was the old Cirque show at former Downtown Disney. I say that was Lanuba. F- yeah, Lanuba. Yeah, that was the first one I I had seen, and I remember sitting there. It was the kind of show that you you had to see numerous times because your eye is being pulled in so many different directions between the vocalists that are singing, the the lighting, the act that's currently happening in front of you. There was just so mm-hmm. much, and there's nothing lacks if that makes sense you know no, it literally feels like 
I don't want to say like a fever dream, but like something no, that's right. like so, yeah, you, like you just feel like you're in a dream and it's alive and like you can like, your all your senses are like heightened because of like the environment that you're in. Just, it's wild. Let's just say that show, is it Curios? The one that's about the things from the attic? Is that that show? Yeah. The yeah, that one. That's, curiosities. Yes, that one. That's mm-hmm. literally like to be like a fever dream. Like that. Yeah. That's what I love about those shows. They're so unique. The one, the new one that Circa is working on with Disney is about what I've heard is the history of Disney animation. And that's mm-hmm. going to be wild. Like that will probably be like a, like a, like a freaking hallucination. Um, mm-hmm. But I've never, I've, I've absolutely loved every single Cirque show I've seen. It is a, like just astounding. And it's, it's, it's a circus without, if I'm, I want to make sure I'm correct without animals. Correct. Correct. Yes. Which mm-hmm. which we love. Mm-hmm. We love that. Now the acts that you do, are you doing choreography based on a sh- so, um, that someone else has created, or have you ever, you know, debuted your own? Well, actress before. Uh, a bit of both. So up until the last two months, <laughs> I was filling in a role that has already been created. So in one of the shows. It's something that I had to learn and I couldn't change. It was set and it was a, it was uh, set as a mirror image. So anything that I did or changed had to be matching with my, my counterpart. Um, so in that way, you kind of felt like a machine because you go in and you do 10 shows a week and you can't change a pinky. So there was that side of the spectrum. And then later, I was filling in another role that was created, but I was the only one on stage doing a role that was created. So there is creative rights and the music and the costume and the the concept that's there. But me performing that role, I was able to adjust, which was like fantastic. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's awesome. The latest and greatest was that when I went back to the old ship that I said I would never go back to another show, but I did. I went back to Totem. That was my, my golden little nugget. Um, they offered to let me do a backup solo. So that was my own creation completely. And I sat with the musical director and I said, this is what I want. I want it to vamp here. I want it to mellow out there. I want to fly here. I'm going to go that fast. Can you desell me there? Like I had full control over how I wanted to be portrayed. And uh, I got to perform it four times before Trump... (laughs) got online and said the border was closing but i had my four times i got to do it four times (laughs) that's awesome that's That's awesome i couldn't even imagine what the that technical process must be i I, like it wouldn't even know where to start with stuff like that because you have to be working with music lights so like sound lights rigging all those aspects like how long does it how long did it take you to like work that out and tech that well i could foresee it being a year-long project but because i had experience with these systems and automation and working with the show caller the general stage manager all of these things i knew all those landmines and i was able to kind of navigate and say okay i want to be lifted and i give the visual cue for the show caller to tell automation to push go so in connecting that i would say when i throw my arm out to the side and my wrist is flexed it means that I'm ready to fly and that would cue them to say, go push the button. And I would, there's like a second delay. So I was able to feed that in a way and say, when I roll my head, I'm ready to fly. When I kick my leg, I'm ready to fly. 
in the air when I flex my foot, that means I want to come down. So it's super precise. Um, Never have a signal be something that could be confused with like an itch. I know. <laughs> I never imagined being the person hitting go on all that stuff. Like that would, I would be sweating bullets being like holy fuck man yes every day i just looked up this it costs at least at least 165 million dollars to create a single cirque show and that was based off of 2000 what is it uh, 2005 dollars that's crazy back in 2005 that's how much a minimum was based on what she just told us i completely understand that yeah yeah (laughs) totally totally oh Mm. and also Cirque, cirque du soleil means circus of the sun cute fact right yes for anybody who has taken uh french one yeah <laughs> congratulations you knew before us i took spanish it's time for 30 seconds with tyler have you listened to any shows no but i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another segment of 30 Seconds with Tyler. For those of you not in the know, this segment is when our very own Tyler Cleary gets to talk about anything he wants. Does not have to be topic related. Just has to be something that fascinates his mind. And after that, we grade him harshly on a scale of 0 to 10. Real bad. If he gets <laughs> harshly. If he gets below 21 points, he loses the rights to his own name. We strip his name away from him. And we give him a horrible name that he then has to use till next week. Have we used Keith? We have not used Keith. I've been yeah, waiting I was about to, use to Keith. ask. Okay, Keith we need, and then yeah. after Keith, straight to Trent. Trent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So Tyler, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling all right, dog. How about yourself? Good, man. I went outside. We took a walk today. We did some gardening. I got a little sun, so I'm feeling pretty great today, Ooh. man. So yeah, that's good. Vitamin D is important. Dog. Don't ruin my life high with a terrible performance right now. I'll try. All right, buddy. Well, your 30 seconds starts now. So the Yellow River in Baotou, China is the second largest river in the country. However, this river has a large issue with people committing suicide in the river. And there's usually dozens of bodies floating down the river at a time. So a man named Wei Zengping decided to collect all the bodies and bring dignity to them and return the missing people to their families for proper funerals. Wei has returned over 700 bodies over the eight years he has been doing this, and the government has decided to reward him for per body for his work. Ooh, Whoa! Oh, shit. Man! Nice. I learned a lot. Where the fuck do you find these? Wow. Good for you, Tyler. That was pretty great. Wow. Damn, dog. Yeah, it was good. It's good stuff, man. All right. Well, it is customary that we allow our guests to judge 30 seconds with Tyler first. So on a scale from zero to 10, zero being the lowest and 10 being the highest, what would you give him? <sighs> <laughs> I don't know what the standard is. I don't know. What's the lowest? What? That's high? good. So, should we, do you want me to go first, Roy? It's not customary, but I guess. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think it's interesting to have someone who's blind on it. All right. All right. All right. How much did you learn? Were you engaged? His delivery. Was the wow factor there? His pronunciation. Did he mumble mouth? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go at an eight. Oh. That's a good score. That's a good score. That's a good score. Thank you. Because it was interesting. There was a wow. 
But, you know, it is China, which brings up some sensitive things with COVID, and Ooh. there's death involved, <laughs> but there was a happy ending. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, yeah. I, I like the justification. Well, that's, all fair. that's all fair. Restoring uh, honor, man. Nice. Um, <laughs> you will bring honor to us all. All exactly. right. Uh, <laughs> Prima, what would you do? I'll be honest, Tyler. I was going to give you a 10, but then Liz brings up a very good point that... Um, you brought up something about China. No, it's okay. And I think you're safe on your name. That kind of, I do too. You kind of that took me down a little bit, but man, that was really great. I understood what you said. I was engaged. I'm proud of you. That does not represent this. This 30 seconds does not represent what your GPA is. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. So, what'd you give him? I gave him a nine. A nine. A nine. Yeah, Ooh. Okay. Matthew fancy um uh, um all right so I've never heard of this river before I am very well acquainted with the uh, suicide forest that I believe is in Japan mm-hmm. correct so bringing another like suicide location <laughs> into my zeitgeist is interesting kind of vamping on that Tyler. uh yeah seriously so uh but you stumbled four times <laughs> So I'm gonna go with a seven. Are you keeping tally now? <laughs> I every single time I'm literally like, "What'd you give him?" Uh, seven point five. Seven point five. Yeah. Jesus, man. Well done. But this, this, I can't <laughs> deal with this. I want perfection from this child. Okay. Well, thank you, Uncle Matt. Well, Tyler, basically, uh, what Matt's saying is, if this was a Cirque du Soleil performance and you stumbled four times, not good. Four times dead. I'm gone, dog. Mm-mm. So you had me engaged, dog. You uh, were wowing me, dog. I learned a bunch of stuff, dog. And your shirt matches your facial hair, um, orange. I mean, with all that, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a, a another nine, mm. and yeah, and that gives you Thanks, a score dog. of thirty three point five. Proud of you, Tyler. <laughs> Proud of you. So good job, dog. All right, with that, we're going to take another quick break, and we will be right back. Hey there, Nancys. In lieu of promoting paid sponsors for our debut podcast, we've decided to donate our message breaks to support the local Buffalo theater community. Roy, Matt, and myself will choose a company each week that has really been affected heavily by the COVID-19 pandemic that we truly, truly love. I would like to shout out the wonderful ladies of Second Generation Theater Company. Thanks to Kelly, Kristen, and Aaron, I was able to live out a dream last spring and set design Angels in America for them, and I cannot thank them enough for their kindness. Second Gen has had to cancel their production of Three Tall Women this spring, a travesty to hit many local Buffalo theaters. Second Generation was founded in 2013 by Kelly Copps, Kristen Bentley, and Aaron Lee Dandies. SGT creates quality theatrical experiences that appeal to an emerging generation of theatergoers. By building on Buffalo's strong theatrical roots, they strive to continue the area's tradition of great theater for generations to come. SGT seeks to create powerful theatrical experiences that seek to unite a community of diverse backgrounds and to continually cultivate appreciation and understanding in audiences of all generations through education and engagement. And I am beyond proud to know and work with these amazing women. If you would like to send love and support to Second Generation Theater of Buffalo, New York, online donations can be found and sent at www.secondgenerationtheater.com slash donate. And to those of you who do help, your assistance and love is most appreciated. And now, back to the pod. All right, folks, and we're back. Um, I am very curious to know what the daily life of a Cirque performer is. You know, as a technician or a actor here what we do you know 
a lot goes into it, but I can't imagine doing what you do because you know you're be it's such such an athletic thing being a circus performer. So very interested to hear what your day is like during performing. Yeah, so I get this question quite a lot because I have people at home saying, oh my God, you're in Tokyo, what is it like? Or, oh my God, you're in Italy, is it amazing? Oh my God, you're in these amazing places. And to be honest, the, the schedule and the shows are so intense that on our only day off, which is Monday, um, we sleep. <laughs> so you, you really have to... I mean, you really have to motivate yourself to go see the city that you're performing in because, say, we do eight weeks. Um, that would be eight days off. And after a 10-show week, you're exhausted. So to go sightseeing and kind of always adapt to the language, the culture, the constant stimulus, it's a challenge, actually, to, to get to see. Um, but it feels a bit like rinse, repeat. Um, right because your whole daily planning is based around your seven minute performance. So I need to uh, have the energy, I need to have digested so that I look presentable and um, you need to pump yourself up so that you have the energy to deliver that performance to 2,500 guests a night. So uh, after a performance, I would start there because you would cool down so you just did this crazy stuff, you would like stretch out your body. If you did something weird in the air because it's live and things happen, you make sure that you don't go to bed with an imbalance because you'll wake up and feel it right, and spend right, most right. of your day trying to correct that. Um, <laughs> but no, go home, try to, it's funny, trying to cut the adrenaline. So like you build yourself up to have the adrenaline and then as soon as it's over, you're like, okay, shut off. So your body's on this weird like spike schedule of I'm on, I'm on, I'm on. And then you have to be able to turn it off so that you can do it again the next day. Well, right. For seven minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. So what have you adapted or what have you adapted into your lifestyle that allows you to manage those ups and downs and like all the mental that goes into it um it makes you pretty mellow so for okay. the majority of the time you try to keep your energy pretty consistent and stable because you know that it's going to peak in valley so after performance you like re-stabilize yourself you go to bed you wake up and you stay stable until the moment you need to amp and then you push the stage <laughs> and then you have to bring it back down <laughs> that's right that's wild man <laughs> Absurd. It is absurd. I actually have like a kind of a random question going off of a similar adapting type feel is how many languages can you speak? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So we, <laughs> so, well, my husband is French, so French is in the pocket. Um, gotcha. I grew up in school learning Spanish and my family is Italian. So all romance languages are, I have a general understanding and I can navigate. Um, the one that took me for a, a ride was Japan because you can't even get by with signage or uh, the written language. It's all symbols and completely foreign. So that was more um, caricature and charades to get what you needed. Um, but we're always traveling with the same people in the same environment. So that becomes your safety blanket, your home, your that's how you communicate. And there's always someone in the group that speaks the language. So 
awesome. So you said talking about like if you're up in the air and you tweak something, do you guys travel with like a physical therapist or chiropractor and all that stuff? Yeah. So we have nice. we have two physical therapists. We have a massage therapist and we have a Pilates instructor and we have a head coach. And that would be all for body maintenance. So that's all the support we get on a body level to maintain a ten show week. That's awesome. Damn. Like how broad do they go? Do they is it chiropractor skills in there, like chiropractice at all, or Actually, not so much? Depended on the tour. So we had one therapist that I mean the baseline requirement is physical therapy. You need to be able to do onset treatment. Right. But I've had osteopath physical therapists and mm-hmm. things like that, so they were able to do manipulation in that way. Right. Um, but we do have a pretty killer insurance as well, where if we needed more than that care, they could send you to a specialist and, right. and these other offsite things. That's super cool. Well, it's, 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 yeah. it's really well taken care of. Yeah, well, I, I, that's the other thing. It's I, I'm, Again, I'm still trying to wrap my head. What, what the hell was that? That was Tyler being a dude. It was fucking Tyler's vape. Stop vaping close <laughs> to your mic, you dick. Um, My bad. It just the <laughs> amount of work and energy and adrenaline that goes into a seven-minute performance. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. You know, actors doing what we do. Yeah, you're preparing for uh, a, a two-hour show if you're in a play or whatever. But to do to exert that much energy in seven minutes. And that your whole day focuses around that seven minutes. It's like, I can't even imagine what that would be like. You know, it's obviously it, what you're eating goes into a lot of that. With the physio, like we have a physio department. We also have a full kitchen that tours with us. So we have like a little village of tents and one of the tents is a full kitchen. So we have a chef. We have, um, I think, four or five sous chefs. And we have a hot table and a cold table, and there's always a uh, meat option, vegetarian option, vegan option, and uh, it's available at all the days that we work. The only time we need to outsource for food is our day off. Mm. That's crazy. The cheat day. The cheat day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the Cirque Kitchen so much. Like, I'm sitting here <laughs> chopping my own cucumbers. Like, what does it take to have a cucumbers? <laughs> 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 it's, it's funny you say that. I said to I said to Kirsten, I was like, man, if like I were to hit the lottery tomorrow, I don't think I would need a personal chef, but I would definitely want someone to come in and just do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> oh this God, is how man. much I fucking hate doing laundry, man. Like I can not stand it. Oh it's my funny because I'm on the opposite where like laundry's an activity, so I like spread it out over three days just to have something to do. <laughs> That's how sad I've gotten at this moment. <laughs> well, right. It's it's not I you know we were talking today how Kirsten and I are outside gardening and our cats are sitting in the window next to Penny, like watching us, and I was like, Man, we haven't really thought about the psychological impact it's had on the cats who are used to having the house of themselves 18 hours a day and now they're just like what the fuck like why are you here <laughs> like why have right, you been here for right. 66 days <laughs> like, you know is this forever <laughs> right right though <laughs> i mean from what you're telling us i mean tour life seemed pretty awesome mm-hmm. it is it's just full on so there's the the pros and cons like anything else um but ultimately when you boil it down 
and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about going back into that environment, it's like going from zero to a thousand. Like I have anxiety thinking about prepping myself for a performance because it's, it's to the hour. I have to eat three mm. hours before the show so that I'm digested and have the energy, but I'm not full and bloated. So what would the turnaround, if, 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 if everything opened up and they called, like, obviously you're doing your, um, your, your, your fitness uh, thing you and your husband are doing, but do you still have like your, a regimen you're doing to keep yourself like in, in performance shape? I mean, we're in like a maintenance mode, so there's right. nothing really like the real thing. Right. Um, <laughs> you don't have the contraption um, just sitting in your living oh room. Oh my god! Well, if you're ready, it is time for Matthew's wholesome moment. Good time for that. Sorry in advance, Liz. Rainbows. Cold beer. Fireflies. A hard day's work. Your first kiss. A firm handshake. Fresh flowers. Gasoline. Miracles. Monster truck rallies. Butterflies. Matthew's wholesome moment. Welcome back to uh, Matthew's wholesome moment. <laughs> this week, the question is for our guest. Um, since you have toured the world and you've seen many, many things, I was curious what your top three places that you have visited um, and that you believe that everyone should see. Mm. Mm. Delightful. Mm. That's a good one. Mm, thank you. Thank Ooh, you. That's a good one. Well, can I cheat a little bit? Because some of them I worked mm -hmm. and some of them I was just able to visit. Yeah. Mm. Hell yeah. So I worked in Tokyo for six months. It's the longest I've been in one place for 10 years. Um, so I really got to know the city. Um, but it was the safest place in the entire world. It's, the, it's a, a huge city. It's bustling with billions of people. And you could literally leave your bike outdoors unlocked and it would stay there for the six months that we were there. And we had stories where castmates would drop a wallet and they would walk to work and it would be put up on a bench so that it was in eyesight so they could find it with all the money inside. Like it was absurd, Whoa. organized and safe. In America, that should be gone real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> it just, it felt. Yeah insane just to have that level of security and precision and organization in everything that they did everything was sacred they would give you your food at a restaurant and it was perfectly portioned and it was absurd so that's definitely a place i would recommend because it was just so ideal and i've heard yeah, that's like that's fuck i've heard that from every person <laughs> i know that's traveled to tokyo has said the exact same thing Crazy. that it's yep. just perfect um on the other side of the spectrum I'm a bit biased because of my heritage, but uh, Rome, Italy mm. was impeccable. Oh, yeah. I, just eat yourself through Rome. It was the food was amazing, yes. the culture, all the tours. I, do it all. It's whatever is a cliche, do it because it's incredible. Great. And the third one, I would have to say down in South America. Um, I didn't tour there. But I got to visit Machu Picchu, and that was mm, okay. oh, yeah. that's a bucket list. All that's different reasons. That was just like you turn the corner and see these ruins, and you're just 
they're speechless. It was right. absolutely insanely gorgeous. Yeah, Machu Picchu is definitely Man, on the uh, on the bucket list. If you don't mind, because I, we heard about like all the good places, like that got me curious. Like, what were like the shittiest places like you've like <laughs> been to? Like that Tyler's got me curious. Shitty moment. <laughs> shitty moment. <laughs> no, they do shitty. exist. They do. Um, yeah. Well, Cirque has been around for a while, and there's many, many shows. So the market and the demand, like we're we're spread out everywhere. So it's it's starting to get to a limited moment where we need to op- open new cities and new markets. Um, so we start to get into like what they would call a B city. So not as populated, but could still support the ticket sales. Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real, folks. <laughs> Top of the list. Worst city. So like the Tokyo, the population, we were able to go there and be supported on a six month run a city like this we would be there maybe four weeks five weeks so like just just over a month um but that would be like cordoba argentina where it's just not quite there didn't do their research walking the land before we got there and it was it was rough yeah um in general we're were warned before going to new places about how to take care of yourself and how the cultures may be different and how to whatever but i left my wedding band at home like it was really hippie time and stripped down to the the bare yeah. essentials because they see money and it's like Cirque du Soleil and it right. becomes quite dangerous um so that wasn't so fun if you fill the bar we'll give you the door money <laughs> <laughs> that's not this isn't we're not talking about lockport roy <laughs> yeah, I know. Top four. Uh, for a completely different reason, I really disliked Quito, Ecuador. Going there to visit, incredible. The mountains, beautiful, stunning. Um, but we were performing at high altitude. I, that's what I was going to ask. It cuts all joy. It was a joy sucker. Like to amp yourself up for those seven minutes was so difficult because you couldn't breathe. Like. I was doing oh a God, relatively wild. It was horrible. A relatively easier act for my career span. It was one of my easier tracks, and I'm just sucking wind. I'm holding onto my seatbelt, going <gasps> like just couldn't get the oxygen. And we had a number of show stops. Oh so the God. symbol for a show stop, the performer would stop doing their action, stand in the middle of the stage and make an X with their hands above their head. And it means stop the show because I can't breathe. So, do you have like oxygen Jesus. tanks like off off stage for that? There was an oxygen tank yeah. stage, um, but at the time, the physio was withholding yeah. because you said you will never acclimate if you rely yeah, on it. Right. Makes sense. That's crazy. Right. We were playing with that line of like this sucks. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. it's kind of crazy to think that they would even go there just because of the physical impact it would have on on you guys yeah. that's uh, you know it'd be real cool if we could make this more dangerous right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. oh my god well it is time for final thoughts with our guest and actually before you do that or after your choice if you'd like to plug um all of your stuff you're doing right now that'd be cool I have to lead it. We're waiting. <laughs> Here, I'll, I, I have a good lead off for it. Okay. Have a good- what is the thing you, now that you've been home for a bit, what is the thing you miss most? And now that, and since you have been home going off that, have you found like a new appreciation, like a, a new appreciation for like performing? Hmm. 
interesting question <laughs> because um it is a thrill to perform and it is the ultimate satisfaction when you receive that audience feedback and you have those 2,500 people on their feet applauding you. I mean, that, that is a sensation of, uh, it's immediate feedback for what you're doing. Whereas sometimes in, in other yeah. jobs or sections of your life, you don't always get that. So you have that pat on the back instantly right. of like, you did a good job. Um, so I definitely miss that high and that energy that you're given because they're all there supporting what you did and what you did is your life's work. So it's like an instant gratification and appreciation system, which is definitely missed. Um, mm -hmm. But being able to slow down and not have such a regimented schedule, I am in heaven. Like I, I definitely yeah. slowed down and I'm really enjoying it. I'm, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I will. Obviously, what we our, our schedules are not nearly as crazy as as yours. But as much as I do miss working, I'm sure Roy can attest to this too. That running around like a mat, not running around like a crazy person for just a little bit is nice. But I mean, for me, I'm I'm itching, man. <laughs> yeah, I just keep finding things to like put together, take apart, or <laughs> build in general. And I was on the stuff, verge like, of buying a, a bunch today. of Lego sets so I could just sit here and be like, yeah. <laughs> 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 take it down, build it up, destroy it. Right, right. Well, um, what would you like to plug today, Liz? Mm, today, well, now that I'm transitioning and going into personal fit, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> going into the personal training business, I'd like to plug my business. So that is Cut to the Core Fitness. And I do that with my husband and we're using the experience that we had uh, with our own bodies, like knowing how to maintain such a high level of performance. But we supplemented that with a full-on certification with the National Academy of Sports Medicine. So we have our certification, we have our specializations in certain things, like I specialized in women's fitness, uh, going through the ranges of pre-postnatal, pre-postmenopausal, and how to maintain fitness through all of these. And my husband does corrective exercises. So if you have muscle imbalances, which we were very used to having on tour, um, or postural imbalances, all those kind of things, uh, we, we got you covered. One, two, three, four, you need an awesome core. She'll give it to you. All right, that's great. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much well, for coming on. Um, yeah, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, that was awesome. That is awesome. All right. Well, if you guys miss Cirque du Soleil, um, I guess you might as well start um, working out like one. We remind you to wash your hands, to wear a face mask, and to be nice and kind to everybody else. You know, all that Ellen stuff, whatever she says at the end of a show. <laughs> that. That. This episode is brought to you in support of local theater companies from Buffalo, New York. For more complaining, visit negativenancyspod.com. And follow along on Instagram at Negative Nancy's Pod and Facebook at Negative Nancy's Podcast. If you'd like to send us love letters, you can reach us at hatemail at negativenancyspod.com. Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancy's is available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.